The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Z-Pod, an outreach ministry of Identity Matters Podcast. Z-Pod is focused on addressing worldview issues relating to the millennial generation and their children, Generation Z. Every indwell believer needs to know who they are in Christ, and our new series, Gen Z, will do just that, equipping all generations through the mind of Christ. Thank you for joining us today. Podcast listeners, join the movement today. You might, just maybe, you've heard a little bit about the buzz that's going around the internet called Gen Z. The other thing that we're very concerned about is that there are many ministries and churches who are now being classified the post-truth era. When we look at these kinds of labels, for example, for many, many years, probably when you were in your Sunday school classes, you might have heard your Sunday school teacher, your pastor, talking about the church age. That became a very significant label to help define in the book of Revelation about where we are at that time. We are no longer in the church age. It has been completed and research is going to prove it. This new label that has been given to the new era that we are being faced with as believers and even as churches is going to be placed under the category of the post-truth era. Now when we look at the book of Revelation, when you have an eschatology guy like myself who is constantly looking at the environment in order to figure out the culture so that we can place it appropriately in the book of Revelation, you have to ask yourself the question, is what comes after the church age? There is no old time or new time preacher out there that is going to dispute me on the label of the church age because it became a precedent in church history. So now this new label, the post-truth era, has to be put in its proper place in the book of Revelation. Why am I saying all this? I'm going to prove to you that Gen Z is going to put the icing on the cake. There is no era after this one. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm okay with that. Because I still know we need to prepare the body of Christ today in such a way that they do not default, run to, or embrace the cultural church today. The only way to survive in this next phase of eschatology that we are going to go into is to truly change your doctrinal thinking into understanding and knowing and embracing 
the truth and the reality that this is it. And that the body of Christ as a whole worldwide is the church. It is no longer the buildings that you sit in. It is no longer the reference to a local group of people. They are only, as you guys are listening tonight, you are only fingers and toes and elbows and ears and noses. This last phase, during the post-truth era, I believe that Jesus Christ is going to pull his body together so he can function in his final eschatology. End times. We're going to be doing a conference called Gen Z Conference on April 14. We have a series of these conferences that are going to be done throughout the year. They will be global podcasts. And actually by this particular podcast, we are hoping to be able to go live. We received a donation from people at the conference yesterday that was able to get me to order the equipment that's going to bump us up to the quality that the Christian Broadcast Network was encouraging me to have if I'm going to go with some of the bigger networks. And I'm going to introduce you to a show that's going to be started real soon that actually can be sent to the larger broadcasts to get out to their network on this topic. But this conference that we're going to do is going to be a short one to three or four hours. Because the millennial generation cannot sit longer than that. They would never be able to sit through a conference we did yesterday. Do you realize that most of you listeners that are listening right now, you have gone in and out of displacement a minimum of four times by now. Which means I lost you. The human mind is so affected by the type of media that's in our culture today that our minds have literally been formed around three-minute segments. In fact, the shorter the segment, for example, like a commercial, you pack it in with some of the most stimulating media you possibly can bring out of your media department, and you stuff it into a 30-second commercial during a Super Bowl, so that when someone is watching the Super Bowl, they don't want to miss the commercials, even if it is about alcohol. The beer commercials have already been rated that you're going to get to see real soon, possibly, as some of the most clever commercials that have ever been produced for television. We're getting smarter and smarter about media because the people are getting dumber and dumber as they're watching. The designers are counting on the fact that the people that are sitting on those couches 
can't think longer than 30 seconds without feeling hyper. This is a result of two things. One, our stimulants. Two, it is you have not been disciplined mentally. For whatever that reason is. This is the research we have to unpack in this conference. Instead of running around using the term ADD or OCD or OPP or XYZ, whatever label it is you want to use for you having a discipline problem, use it. But we're going to unpack the consequences and the reality of those who have submitted to those lies. It's called Gen Z. At the end of our year-long messages like we're doing tonight, we are going to take, our transcriber has already agreed to do this. She will take tonight's message, for example, and she will transcribe it into print. Then we'll run it through the dog and pony show. And at the end of the year, we're going to put everything that has been said on our videos and audios and put it into a book. There is not one single book on the market right now on Gen Z outside of research. There's nothing said yet of how we can help parents and grandparents of how to set up structure and discipline for that generation. And this book is going to have that because that's the messages we're going to be delivering in the podcast. Thank God for technology. All I got to do is flap my jaw and let the editors do the rest. So we're going to use every resource we have to do this and to put together a quality book that can be used for three generations, X, Y, and Z. Right now, you can actually go to our website, and we have started a yet another Z page. And the new Z page is a library. And in this library, we are going to be posting interviews videos of all kinds, whether it's interviewing a Zer or whether it is talking to their parents or if it's a cute little video like we multiplied the one on the rap singer doing the millennial one, if you remember that. And it has gone viral. People like that stuff. So we're going to participate in that except for there's going to be a library someone can go to that is primarily focused on Generation Z. Tonight's message that we're going to be delivering to you as our listener is parents of the Zers, and we're going to be unpacking some of the statistics. Some of the statistics that's coming with this particular topic are so far over your head, I'm assuming, that it would probably appear to be, oh well, what's the point? 
Well, we're focusing on statistics because there's one of those statistics that already proves that the millennials do not listen to preachers or the Word of God over statistics. They listen to statistics first. Then they will find out on the internet if there's clever videos explaining that. And then they might listen to a teacher or two online. But the number that actually go for their Bibles hardly even registers. Whereas those of us who are doing these messages and podcasts that truly have a mission for Christ start the other way. We start with the Word of God and move it into research and use the research to help communicate it. So that's why we're going to put this unpacking statistics in probably every one of the messages you're going to hear. Before we actually get started in that message, I want to let each of our listeners know that there is a new broadcast show coming out. It's called Generational Ethics. The title of Generational Ethics has already been put out there amongst several test pilot groups, and it came back with very high numbers. Over a couple other titles that I tried, trying to stick to the exchange life, didn't come back so well. Generational Ethics is going to be a broadcast show, not just a podcast show. This is going to be such high quality, packing an hour's worth of message into 15 minutes. And generational ethics will be, hopefully, something that can multiply a lot quicker than having to sit down and listen to an hour podcast, even if it is broken up into part A and part B. So this broadcast show is designed to provide the learner with the experience that centers upon the integration process of strong Christ as life worldview when it comes to the topic of ethics inside each generation. The strengths, the weaknesses, and how it's affecting the church. Here's our commitment to you. The indwell Christians will become more established and pronounced in their indwelling Christian faith and become acutely aware of their present culture and how it wars against the Word of God, as well as the need of housing of Jesus Christ in that listener. Generational ethics. Keep looking on our website. Keep looking on our podcast channels. It should be released as soon as it's approved to be released. Let's talk about our objectives for tonight. They're pretty simple. First, we're going to examine the relationship between technology and parenting. It wasn't very long ago that I would say there's a relationship I mean, this is kind of a ridiculous objective because technology and parenting, what do they have in common? You'll know tonight the crisis that is happening globally 
with this item. Secondly, we're going to examine the dynamics of the millennial parents. What are their habits? What is the statistical number that says if they have the ability to be disciplinarians? The number one way to destroy a generation is to withhold discipline from them. Because a child, please, listener, listen very carefully. The child will destroy themselves. And here's the irony of this. If you withhold discipline from your child and the child begins to implode, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a period of years. When that zeer becomes between 18 and 25 years old, you'll probably say, oh my God, what did I do wrong? But it will be too late. We already know because of what we've heard on television, we've heard in church services, and we've heard in podcasts and broadcasts, what damage the millennials have done. But rarely do you hear that the damage that the millennials have done is because of the ex-boomers. We did this. We set them up for this. Because within the hippie movement, within the 70s, we, we recustomized Jesus. We recustomized the church. There were no mega churches back in the 70s that were teaching plurality of religions like we have today. Now it's hard to find a church that's not teaching multiple pathways to God. It's hard to find an authentic preacher who doesn't believe in some of the pluralistic views that the church has been bathed in. That's one generation. If it's hard for you to look into the future of the Zers, maybe you might want to look in the rearview mirror and see what my generation did to you. We did this. And we were such a liberal, pot-smoking group of Christians because we were reacting to the culture before us, which were legalistic parents and churches. They ruled their people inside their buildings with rules, from carpet to spitting. So you see, every culture goes to an extreme. I have rarely met a single believer that does not go to the extremes or either of truth or a lie. I have met few that have not swung out to those extremes and stayed in a balance of law and grace. That's why we put that section in our conference yesterday. Every generation is moving someone somewhere. It's not difficult for me in my eschological mind to, to ask the question of the Lord, what is 
at the end of this road? Is it the real Jesus? Is it this millennial Jesus? Will his reference be millennial Jesus or will it be the Christ? What's at the end of this? When all these cultures are setting up the next generation to be defiling, what's at the end of this? You might want to read the book of Revelation. Our last objective is unpacking the real-time Gen Z statistics. It's rare that you can say real-time because most statistics have been done, have been proven, the culture proves it, so when you come out with the statistics, everyone or almost everyone believes you. We can't do that with Gen Z. They haven't even got their final label yet. It's being unpacked as we're going each day. It's like coming out with a real drug until that thing's on the market for a minimum of 20 years. You don't know whether it's killing you, actually. So can you imagine with cultural issues? Here's what survey says. Survey says, parents today believe it is harder than ever to raise children. I would agree with them. But in that survey, the number one thing that came back as the reason for this was technology. Do you know that if you are sitting with someone and they're on their smartphone and you can ask them a question and they think they're able to pull in both worlds at one time, first of all, know this. They're lying. Human mind doesn't work that way. So you actually have, when you're watching people in a room with their smartphones on, consider this. There are three people in the room and you're standing there trying to ask them a question. You're trying to share with them something and they're each kind of looking at you and then at their smartphone doing one of those numbers. I want you to look in that room and in your mind see a bubble over each one of those people. And those bubbles represent worldviews. Something has captured their attention, whether it's a text, an article, or whatever it is that may be. They are proving to you they have detached from real-time relationships and place themselves within their worldview. You would think that maybe we could be gifted enough to integrate four worldviews in one room, but statistics are going to show you it will not happen. So now, people like me, even though this wasn't in the survey, people like me have to think of it and walk down the road a little bit further and say, well, what are the natural consequences of four worldviews inside one living room? What's it going to be like 15 years later with that person, that techo person, constantly caught up inside that bubble what are they going to look like 15 years from that 
moment you're standing in the living room competing with three other worldviews. And who really has control of them? You don't have to be 18 or 35 years of age to be entrapped by someone else's worldview and technology. You could be three months old. One of the other videos that was sent to me is a smartphone for infants. And I watched the video today, and I watched several babies activate programs with music on it. So the generation that we are looking at today, Gen Z, is going to be raised and taught by the internet. It is interesting that people will listen to Barney Group much faster than they do their pastor. And I think the reason why that that is is because of the connection to the research. I think a lot of us uh, preachers and teachers tend to grab statistics and stick it into the message so it somehow fits, even if it's a round peg in a square hole. I am not like that. I base my entire messages upon the statistics, research that I do throughout the pre-period, before the conference or before a message, and then I use that information as we stay steady and faithful to the Word of God. And this is very important when it comes to who you should listen to in 2018. As you could tell from this video, it is going to go into being a hot top topic. And we have to be ready. And I do find it interesting that as you look at the sermons throughout the generations, how more and more each generation they become more culturally based. Trying to reach the culture. That leaves us churches with two decisions, two ways that we can go. One is that we change everything to please them and to meet their needs. Or two, we change the approach of reaching the same human mind that existed in the 1600s. What that means is I'm going to have certain media look very Z-ish. That's different than trying to please that culture so that you can get another listener. Gen Z, these young people were born between 1999 to present. Shannon's little one that's coming this next week or so is going to be our newest Zier. This particular generation is making the oldest of them in the scope, as you saw in the timeline earlier on the video, right around 18 years of age. So the youngest being the new one coming, and any new baby that's going to be coming for quite a while. The oldest right now, if you're listening, 
and you're 18 years of age, you're the cap. You're the ceiling of this particular generation. If you're 19 years of age, according to the statistics and research, you're a millennial, a young one, but you are a millennial. Gen Z is the second largest generation alive today, which is kind of cool. There's a lot of kids born. In the U.S., there's 69 million Zers compared to the 66 millennials, young parents. And then the 55 million Gen Y, which is the older parents who still had millennial children. And then 76 million older ex-boomers are the grandparents. The parents of Gen Z are Gen Y and the Millennials. The Zers are statistically the most ethnic, diverse, pluralistic generation alive today. What that really means is that when you're in discussions with each other and someone talks about a particular pathway, whether it's to God or a pathway to a solution, it doesn't matter. They're going to be forced encouraged, and certainly have an infrastructure within their generation to handle things as a pluralist. The results that show up in statistics that the gal in our video was just showing us is the results of that is there's no such thing as absolute truth. That's the results. I believe in 15 years you're going to look back upon this evening and you are going to see that that was a prophetic statement that this Gen Z has literally formed a culture that no longer supports absolute truth in education, absolute truth in the Bible, absolute truth in employment, absolute truth in having a boss, absolute truth in anything else. Everything is relative. So yesterday when we covered that section of in Identity Matters Conference of relativity of man, that's exactly what I'm telling you. It is a prophetic statement that's being made. Fifteen years from now, you're going to agree with this. We will have a relative culture on our hands. The smartphone was invented before most of these Zers were even born, of course. Proving technology was, in the millennial generation, a choice. And the generation above them, the Y, was a choice. But with the Zers, it will not be a choice it will be their parent. Can you imagine a teacher in a Christian school or even a secular public school making an absolute statement in class and that child is on their smartphone asking Mrs. Google if his teacher was right? 
and can find all kinds of opinions about the topic that this teacher is presenting. Do you know who will lose? The teacher. You know who will win? Mrs. Google. Just as I shared with you a couple weeks ago of the video of the young lady praying to Mrs. Google on the smartphone and her parents caught her. Laying in bed with the smartphone, having this conversation with Google and praying. There's something wrong with that picture. Statistics are going to show you over the next couple of weeks that 97% of every adult in America sleeps with their smartphone. It's on the table next to them. 22% of them keep it under their pillow. There's some very strange statistics that I just shake my head at going, what has happened to us? But see, in my generation, we left the television on so there was noise in the house. How is that different? It isn't. So we have to take a look at human behavior. Here's some statistics I want you to take a look at. This is Barna Group Monitoring Technology makes parenting even more difficult. The question they pose is what makes it more difficult to raise kids today? The number one thing was technology and social media. The number two thing was the world that they are living in as parents and their Gen Z children is dangerous. That's 52%. The next one was a lack of morality, which was 40%. Financial factors, 26%. Bullying at school is 20%. High academic pressure is 16%. Me or my spouse, work is far more demanding, is 15%. Living far away from family is 12% and exposed to cultural religious diversity is 9%. Now here's what I put together in regard to the importance of priorities. So monitoring technology, I believe, is the least of the parental priorities. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. Allow me to show you how this works. The number one thing that parents should keep as 100% of their objective is Christ's life spiritual training. 100% dedicated to making sure the worldview of their child is Christ's life. Not Christian. Not ethics. Christ's life. Most children today, all the way up to the latest millennial, cannot explain to you what it means to have the indwelling life of Jesus Christ in you. 
Okay, I can see that blew over most people's heads. Listener, if you do not know what that means, I really want to encourage you to get to someone's website who practices and teaches the exchanged life in Christ in you to understand the difference between indwelt Christianity and the wannabes, Christians. The second one I have as a priority is living close to family. What worked and synced the generations together and the heritage and the stories of family beliefs is being together as a family. You have grandma over and grandma's telling the stories of old. And grandpa's in his little leather rocking chair and he's telling Bible stories or he's telling stories from when he was a young boy and how they got through the depression by their faith in Christ and all that has been removed. Number one thing the millennials are guilty for is detaching from their parents, moving away from them. The third thing I have here is common beliefs and morality. That should hit the 100% mark. Your child should not have a choice as to whether they're going to believe in morality or not. If you want to call it forced education, give it a gold star. It is your responsibility as a parent and grandparent to reinforce if not even force your views of morality that comes from the Bible, the authentic Word of God, the absolute Word of God, so that they understand minimally that my parents and my grandparents taught absolute truth. Only cowardice parents stray from these points. The next one I have in line is engaging in local and global missions, and church is a part of that. If you can't get a child to get beyond that bubble of that smartphone, how in God's name are you going to get them to Africa? Or India? Or Pakistan? The mission-minded people today are the later older generation. Why? They still have this solid handle on how important it is to do foreign missions. Now a mission trip for most Christian colleges is to go over to some country and dig a well. And they come back. And I will give you a real live example I talked to a missions director of a Christian college about their missions program, listened very intently without even opening my mouth, if you can imagine. And at the end of him clearly telling me how the whole system works, I looked at him and I said, can you please help me understand where sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and the absolute laws and guidelines and life of God were shared with those people in the foreign country. Well, we don't do that. And you're calling this Christian missions? Yes. Which part is Christian? The well? Because that water is more alive than what I'm hearing. 
Not only did that impact this poor director, uh, he resigned his position months afterwards. You see, we need to wake people up to what real old-fashioned missions and global outreach is about. Because it's going away. It's turning into digging wells and planting gardens. You say, well, we got to feed them. we got to give them water. we got to give them toilets. That'll help them from going to hell. How about show them the life and deliverance in Jesus Christ while they're dying? Show it to them then. Because you might not see them after you get that pump going. The goal is always imparting the indwelling life of Jesus Christ to others. And if you want to build a well for them while you're doing that, I say awesome. And then the next priorities of concerns of global dangers, your children need to know that people are being murdered as we're talking tonight. Please remember to listen to Part B of this podcast. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.